Well, I'd like to say it was my inspiration, but it wasn't. Um, this actually came out of a conversation I had with an editor at St. Martin's. I had done the Twilight Zone book for them, and it had done well enough that you have that inevitable conversation where you talk about, okay, what what might the next book be? And uh, I had a what I thought was a slam dunk, can't miss idea, and the only problem was it missed. And uh, the editor didn't much care for my idea, so he counterproposed an idea, and I didn't like his idea. And we kind of went back and forth like that for the phone call, and uh, it was clear we were heading for impasse. And just as we were about to table the conversation for another day, he said, what about Edgar Allan Poe? And I said, uh, what made you say that? And he said, well, it seems like it uh, checks a lot of your boxes. And I hadn't thought of it that way. I, I love Poe. I've carried Poe throughout my entire life. He's one of my favorite authors. Um, but I never thought of uh, being like the candidate for writing a biography of Poe. But the editor said, well, how does he not check your all your boxes? Uh, you know, you've written about horror subjects like Dracula and the Night Stalker. You've written about mystery subjects like Columbo. Uh, he was a critic for most of his professional life. You were a critic for most of your professional life. You've written a biography, a literary biography. You've written books about a towering 19th century American author with Mark Twain. How does this not be in your wheelhouse you know so so you know then it was kind of what kind of book are we talking about and uh it was clear from what he was saying he wanted a book about uh, the death of Ed, the, the mystery of uh, Edgar Allan Poe's death and the missing days before the death and um and I sort of said to him now you're, you're not actually suggesting we solve the mystery are you you're not actually suggesting one of those books that comes along every two years and purports to definitively solve who Jack the Ripper is you know and I think how many of those books have we had now, you know, it's and and, and there's always another one coming. <clears throat> I said, <clears throat> because if that's the book you want, you better find yourself another lunatic because this one's driving away. I, I, there's, it's a cold case. There's, there was no autopsy. There was no death certificate. Uh, there's nothing but unreliable witnesses. Uh, if there are witnesses at all, and uh, there's no surviving soft tissue that can be subjected to modern forensics. Um, I said, I said, but I'll tell you what I will do. I'll, I'll write you a biography that examines Poe's life through the filter of that mystery of his death. And if I can arrive at a, what I think is a convincing theory about how he died, um, I will present it, but I'm not going to claim uh, it can be proved. You know, that's a difference between thinking, you know what it is and being able to prove it. And I'm, I was trying to be as, as, responsible as I could throughout the, uh, the, this book in sort of saying, this is what, what, what we think, because Poe's life is not very well documented. Um, he, he lived at a time when if he had lived another uh, 30 years, his life would have been very well documented. And we would have, you know, there are only eight known photographic images of Poe and almost all of them come from the last two years of his life. So what, who we think Edgar Allan Poe is, is kind of based on very limited uh, evidence. And when you really get into who Poe was, he's not who we think he was. Not at all. I, I We obviously don't want to give away the whole book, but what I do want to get into is the research that you had to put together and what surprised you in putting together this, quote, mystery of Poe's death. Well, I... You know, one of the things that I that I did with this book was I took chances. Um, 
I, there have been a lot of traditional biographies of Edgar Allan Poe. And the first thing that I thought was, we don't need another traditional biography of Edgar Allan Poe. I've also been a professional writer for 45 years, a journalist. I'm not truly an academic, and I was not going to write a scholarly book about Poe. This was meant to be a popular biography. It was always my intention to write a popular biography. And so I did take some chances. And one of the chances I took was a dual timeline. Uh, The story is told in two, two timelines the last six months of Poe's life, and then flashbacks to different periods of his life in chronological order. And these two timelines meet at the end, where you see these this increasingly desperate final months of Poe's life, where he's obviously, something's wrong. And finally, these two timelines meet into the summation chapter, where I go over the evidence and present what I think my findings are. And the other thing that I that I did, which is a major chance with a biography, was I did interviews. You know, how do you do interviews with some with, for somebody who died in 1849? You know, so I I sort of went at this like a detective uh, on a case, and I thought, okay, I need experts. I need wit. I need experts, and I need uh, witnesses, if you will. And there are no witnesses who knew Poe, so I went to Poe scholars, and I went to the, as many of the leading Poe scholars as I could. And ask them about specific areas of expertise into Poe's writing in his life. I went to, uh, I had a, a, a forensic pathologist, one of the leading forensic pathologists in the country, who has also uh, uh, studied Poe's life and agreed to study whatever evidence was there. Uh, I went, I have an FBI agent, <laughs> a former FBI agent, John Douglas, who is the uh, co-author of the Mindhunter series, who agreed to come in and examine the evidence. I went to us uh, true crime writers, some of the, the best true crime writers out there, uh, medical historians and uh, horror writers, because who else knows what it takes to do that other than actual people who are leading practitioners. So I went to Stephen King and Anne Rice and people like that uh, and asked them uh, what they thought uh, about Poe's writing and what it said about him. When you put this all together, um, I, you know, I ended up doing about 50 interviews for the book. And that, that's, again, that's not usually, that is more the, 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 the skill or the technique of the journalist than it is the biographer. So, um, but I, I was very intentional. I mean, I would, I did this, you know, and I, I realized that I was sort of leading with my chin when I did that because, was, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, when you do a subject as big as Poe, you're kind of up there on the high diving board and you're taking this big leap off the diving board and you just hope there's water in the pool when you get down there, you know? And so it's, 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 it's exhilarating and it's also a little scary, but you, you know, as John Steinbeck said, uh, you know, writers should write scared. You should challenge yourself in ways that, um, that do scare you a little bit, you know, and if, if some people object to uh, this kind of the more journalistic or documentary approach that I took of having voices throughout this, um, all I can tell them is what Stephen King said when the, he once famously said, you know, if you object to the kind of stories I write, all I can tell you is it's what I have. And that's how I feel about this. This, this is what I have. You don't spend, you know, all those years as a journalist and not use those skills. With us is author Mark DeWidziak. The name of the book, again, is A Mystery of Mysteries, The Death and Life of Edgar Allan Poe. Mark, you opened up by saying 
Poe was one of your favorites. It checks a lot of the boxes. But even with all you knew about Edgar Allan Poe, once you got into the research and the background checks on Poe himself, did you learn anything more about Edgar Allan Poe and putting this together that maybe said, ah, I didn't know that? I did. I I mean, I, I... I've studied Poe so long and I've read, uh, you know, and collected uh, Poe and uh, the biographies. I, I have an immense Poe library uh, that that's been built up over the years. Um, so from a, you know, a, a basic biographical, I mean, the main thing that's a big surprise about Poe for most people is learning that he wasn't that guy who you think he is the guy up in the attic, you know, surrounded by cobwebs and hunched over a manuscript with a raven perched on his shoulder and a, a red-eyed black cat prowling around and a bottle of cognac in his hand. He wasn't that guy. He was a very professional writer. He had a long, long periods of sobriety. Poe, I love people who, when they found out that I was writing this book, would come up to me and say, oh, that's wonderful. I love Edgar Allan Poe. I've read everything he's written. And I never responded to that. But in the back of my mind, what I was thinking was, really, you've read all 17 volumes of Poe's work. And that's the amazing thing that people don't know. We know Poe from a little tiny output of his this small group of, of stories and this small group of poems. And almost all of them spoke, fall on, on the spooky side of the street. So we've created this kind of grandfather of goth image for Poe. And, you know, one of the, the main goals of the book was to sort of explode that a little bit and say, yeah, he was that, but he was so much more. That Do you know that Poe wrote as much humor as he did horror? And nobody thinks of Poe as a comedy writer, but Poe had a great sense of humor. He was very funny, very witty. He was athletic. We don't think of Poe as athletic. You know, these will be surprises. I knew this. this will, these will be surprises to people who, who, who do the book. I think one of the things that uh, surprised me about Poe was because you always kind of when you're writing a biography in the back of your mind, you kind of flirt with the idea of would I like this guy? Uh, would he like me? You know, you kind of sort of, mm-hmm. this, this is always kind of when you're that up close and personal with a subject. And one of the things I, I kind of decided about Poe was that Poe would have probably, as a friend, been the definition of high maintenance. I think that's one of the things that's really finally surprised me. One of the Poe scholars that I, I interviewed said that if there had been a knock on the door on the weekend, and you had a peephole and you could look at the people and you saw it was Edgar Allan Poe, you might not open the door. And I thought, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's, that's a very good definition of the friendship of Edgar Allan Poe. I, w- I would have loved to have been his friend. I think we would have been friends. I think it would have taken a lot of work to have been his friend. 